Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host, coming to you from the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Today, I'm with a younger man named Lawrence. Lawrence, how old are you? Uh, 19 right now. 19 years old. And I'm pushing 70, and he's 19, so he's pushing 20. So we're about 50 years difference in uh, our ages, just a little less than that because I'm not quite at the edge as you are. And uh, you came to us from what state? Uh, Iowa. And uh, originally you were in Wisconsin. Yeah, right? I was. I was in Green Bay. Okay. So Green Bay to Iowa, and then you came to the Nicolay Bible Institute, which is uh, we're on the campus of here right now, and you're actually the RA this year. I am. But you weren't last year. You were a student. No, yeah, I was a student. Um, so what was it that brought you to Nicolay Bible Institute? Uh, so actually it was this podcast, okay. uh, Living in Green Bay. Um, my family's been listening to the podcast. I don't know. How long has it been going on? Too long. Too long? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting so, older while it's going on, but I keep finding younger people, so that works out okay. So, yeah, it's it was probably over five years ago. I heard but you didn't it. come just because of a podcast. What did you want to accomplish for by coming? I, I wanted to step out of my comfort zone. My my bubble um, was too close to me, and I and I uh, think I wanted to uh, get a a courage of from the lord um okay yeah uh and get into something new and see what it does did to you and that kind of thing and and i've had the privilege of getting to know you because every student that comes to nicolay bible institute gets mentored and you are somebody i get the privilege of mentoring last year mm -hmm. so I, I actually know your story i'm just trying to share it with the rest of the world here yeah so you know what's interesting is um when you came, you were talking about getting out of your comfort zone, but you chose to come here rather than go to a regular college or a secular college, I should say, or a four-year school. What were the decisions on that? Was that a hard decision, or, or, or what were the factors that went into that? Uh, yeah, well, so I saw the advantage of going to a college being um, I, I can expect. Uh, I know what to expect when I came to come to a college. Um, but I also didn't like the college setting because uh, of the – numerous people uh right i i guess i guess um i i thrive in smaller communities my high school was always um a, a, the smallest one available um okay. at the two high schools i went to uh and i think a camp setting eventually won over um because uh the of the opportunities to serve and as well as learn right. um uh, in a smaller community. So we, we strive uh, to uh, teach people to die to themselves and serve. Did that happen? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I did a lot that I didn't. <laughs> you never I, wouldn't thought have, do. I wouldn't have willingly done had I not come here. Okay. Now, are you sad you did that? No, not at all. No, yeah. it's it's not a regret. I have no regrets. Good. Um, and and obviously we wanted to teach you the Bible. Did that go okay too? Yeah, I'd say so. Um Different teachers, different things. Two of the teachers that were here are now retired. We have a whole mm -hmm. new crew in place. And you're actually a part of Nicolay Bible Institute. You're you're working as a, a teacher's assistant for me. Yep. And you're also for another one of our, our teachers. And you're an RA. So you, that's got you going in a few different directions. How, how's that going? Uh, it's going great. I, I love the opportunity to just jump into something new. Um especially when um, I, it's demonstrated that I'm equipped for it and uh, that I have the ability. Um, you know, I have struggled with uh, the, the temptation to believe that I don't have what it takes. Pretty much doesn't matter what I'm doing, um, but 
that imposter syndrome uh, is something that I've been uh, that God has been teaching me uh, through pretty much everything I've done here. I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been fun to watch uh, Lawrence grow through the years because once again, I think that God has his hand on Lawrence. And as we watch him come into the program and try new things and develop confidence and continue to try new things. It's amazing to see what God does in your in your life and the, and the growth that is obvious in your life. Not because you couldn't do it before, but because you're realizing there's great things I can do if I just walk with God and, and take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me. I mean, I see a young person like yourself, and I think of young people in the Bible, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, all they had to do one day was actually stand. Yeah. You know, and they knew that. But, but I wonder, I go back in, in their lives and I wonder, where did they get, learn the courage when everyone else bowed? Where did they learn the courage to stand? Now, it, it just didn't happen. So where did they learn it? Uh, and the Bible doesn't tell us that necessarily. Right. Uh, likewise, Daniel then, you know, to tell him not to pray or get eaten by the lions. And Nope, I'm praying. So where did he learn that? Where he would go against government, he would go against the norm of the day and actually face danger knowing, I mean, these guys didn't know if they would get killed or not. And so there had to be somewhere where they learned this type of lifestyle. And I'm thinking of those in the United States today and how the young people are growing up in different school systems and church places or whatever it might be and thinking, can we get our people to that level where young people, again, understand what it is to take a stand and actually go out and do things that they may even consider impossible, but they know God well enough to go ahead and do what's right. And, you know, don't bow when everyone else bows. That That's so difficult in this day and age. Um, you've grown up in a society and in a day and age where we've become electronic in everything we do or whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, so how did, uh, and you've gone through the pandemic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So how do, how do you think all the electronics and the pandemic and everything's affected your generation? Any idea? Um, I think my generation was kind of asking, you know, they were, they were hoping for, uh, an opportunity to, uh, see less, uh, people in person, if that makes sense. Um, in a sense, we, we don't enjoy, any kind of uh, on-demand social socialization. Um, I know most of the people my age hate phone calls even. Like, they're, they're not seeing a person face-to-face, but they don't even uh, like to fo- have a phone really? call. Really? So. To have a discussion with somebody? You'd rather text? Yeah, I'd rather text. Why? Um, <laughs> I, that, that, guy, I, that gets me. Uh, I would rather it's, call, it's, by the way, just for generational differences. Yeah, and I would too. I, I've learned that, that it's way easier to call, and texting is so high effort especially if you're trying to have a like a deeper conversation. But I think texting is nice for many people because you don't feel forced to have a deeper conversation and you can pretty much ditch at any time. Um, you wow. Know, you can just stop texting and the person will never know. You could even block the person. They don't know you blocked them. Really? They don't? No. You got to show me how to do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, that's very interesting. You know, uh, we, just you talking like that, my mind goes 100 miles an hour. It's like that changes the dynamic of human relationships. Yeah. And it's the same idea. I mean, that's why getting back to the uh, pandemic, um, 
you know, online schooling, for example, um, was really, I, I noticed when I was in online school uh, that Zoom calls were mostly black screens. Uh, people would turn off their cameras and turn off their mics. They would just listen to the lecture. They would hardly uh, participate. Some teachers would require them to at least have their camera on. Um, and I kept my camera on the whole time because I liked, you know, making it known that sure. I was there. But nobody, oh, I would say 90% of the kids uh, simply kind of checked out. And, and it might have also been simply because they were doing, you know, playing video games or something, uh, using their phone. Um, but it was also definitely a deeper, there was a deeper reason. And that is that they just, they liked um, not being forced to be available Um you know, on a deeper wow. level. Now, so do you think this has had ad adversely affected your generation in relational matters? Yeah, I think it made it easier. Um, it made it easier to uh, be uh, what we've what we've learned is easier. You know. Okay, so be absent from each other, but but be connected in a way that you control the connection. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually controlling what other people might think or say to you or about you yeah i mean i mean how much of life needs to be real do i do i need to document everything in my life with a picture mm, i mean many would say that but uh i don't think so no okay I because i i was with some younger people it was like i was saying well you know i'm gonna go there and take pictures i don't need to take pictures well their immediate response was well how are people gonna know that that's where you went it's like, wait a minute. You tell them. Do I care? You or know, that. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm not trying to go do this to impress anybody. I'm going to do this because that's what I do. And, and yet, sometimes I think what we've done is we've lost the idea of enjoying each other because we're so busy trying to capture the moment on film or I shouldn't say film on digital or or record something or make it so that the people that aren't around us somehow are impressed with us yeah and and if we can control it i i recently saw something and i'm not sure what it was and how valid it is so maybe you can tell me i'm full of baloney or it's true that artificial intelligence has gotten so good that there are now phones that when they take the picture, they correct everything about the picture. So if somebody's not smiling, they can make them smile. Yeah, that just came out on on the newest um, phone by Google. Um, their Pixel Eight. Uh, they have a, it, they've, they've been advertising it very openly. Oh, that, have they? That they, you can basically take a picture and it'll st like take a burst of photos, and then it'll find all the good faces, and then you can just kind of like swap between. It's it's kind of like, like they treat it like, oh, it's just like magic. But it's like, what's a picture anymore? You know? Yeah. Like, like at least before, it was authentic, and what was happening there was, you know, was, you know, what the picture was of what was actually happening, usually. Yeah. Um, but now it's so, it's become so, so accessible. So you can't trust those at all? No. I mean, it's it's gotten to that point. You know, people, deep fakes came out, you know, uh, now, years and years ago. Now, I'm struggling in my old person brain because I'm I'm trying to think about how in the world do you have relationships with people? You don't know anything they're portraying to you is true. You don't even know if somebody shows you a picture of me that it was actually a picture of me. Right. Well, how in the world do you trust anything then? 
I don't know. I, it's, it's, to me, this sounds like a satanic setup because he's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be careful somehow. What What's the answer? Do we, you know, I, I know at camp we've been talking about maybe really limiting people with their phones. You think that's an answer? So that they have to look at each other and, and walk through life together a little bit and say you can only use them here or whatever else it might be? Yeah, but they also have to want to not use their phone. And somehow we have to teach them that. You know, we can't just say, don't use your but phone. But how does it start? I mean, if I were to come to you and say, okay, the phone's a problem, how would I start encouraging you not to use it? I think, I think, I mean, is it wrong to say scare tactics? You know, show them, show the person what. No, I'm asking you what you think would work with you that, that would make sense Yeah, to no, you. that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like something that would, that would scare them, you know, realize that they're. You know, they're they're more technology than person, you know, yeah. um, that like I know I've had days where I simply look at like my screen time. You know, my phone will record all the time that I spend on it. Sometimes it's like an embarrassing amount, you know, okay. eight, nine hours. And, yeah. and then I'm just like, what was I doing with my day? And we've talked about and I know you've talked about on the podcast before hours of influence. Right. And you've talked a lot about how you use your time and using right. it wisely. So that goes right back to that. Um, but I think if a person knew that, if a person really looked at it and realized, I'd rather be spending a couple more of these hours doing something that's of worth, of value. Is that ruining your creativity? Because if you sit there for, let's say, seven, eight hours and you're looking at your phone, you're looking at what other people are doing, but you're not really looking at, you're not even thinking about what you could do or grow or, or do something different. Right. And then you tell people you're busy doing what? <laughs> and then and then you have to freeze because you're like, I don't know if I want them to know. <laughs> yeah, well, you may not even know. I mean, if you pick up your phone, here, here's here's what I did. I don't know if the students talked to you. Did they talk to you about what I'm doing in class starting when they come back? Oh yeah, you talked to me about it. Yeah, it was like okay, no more, no more computer, no more phone. If you have a smartwatch, you got to put it on airplane mode. I am done. I am I'm done. And they just looked at me like, you're done? I'm done. I'm done during class having any of these tools available to you. I'm not going to ask you to use them for anything. I'm not going to ask you to look anything up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a piece of paper. I want you to write your notes out, all this kind of stuff. Why? Because educationally, I believe that there's enough research out there to say when your phone dings you, you lose consciousness of everything else and you start to think, I wonder who just dinged me or mm-hmm. whatever, vibrated or whatever it might be. I wonder who did that. And so your mind now is no longer on what we're talking about. Not only that, you, you look at um, the, the idea of very good students. And, and I would say you would be a good student. Okay, So if you're in class, your computer, your iPad is open, and all of a sudden a bunch of texts start flying through. Do you not look at them? I do. Yeah, of course you do. That's the problem. And I am talking to a good student, yep. not one who's sitting there going, I'm going to go to Dave's class and text the whole time. You, I would say you never said that. However, if a text comes up or a, or a notice, I don't know, is texting the way people communicate or how do you communicate? Is there other ways that I don't even know about? No, I'd say texting. texting. Okay. So if a text comes up, you know, all of a sudden, this good student is either typing a quick response or thinking in that term. And I just said the most important thing of the day, and you missed it totally. 
So I, I think that all students that are listening that are your age need to honestly consider what they need to do differently to put the electronic stuff away for a while every single day. Not, not put it away forever, not that kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But to be able to say during class, if I'm taking classes, I'm putting this away so that I can listen to the teacher. I'm going to take notes by handwriting. That's how you're going to remember it the best, not typing it. You're going to remember it by handwriting because, again, if you're in the middle of typing it and ding comes up, now all of a sudden you're off into some other world. And, yeah. and it, it, I, the trouble for me is I have cameras in that room, too, so I can see what's going on in people's computers. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. they're listening. They're taking notes. Something comes up. They go to it. Before you know it, they're clicking on other things. And, and I've had that happen to me in church. Believe it or not, I'm true confessions here. I'm I'm looking at the scripture on my phone. Ding. Yep. Right. Now all of a sudden I'm in the ding. Yep. I don't know what the pastor said for the next <laughs> ten minutes. Because I'm answering the ding. Or I'm or I'm fascinated by it, so I go to it. You know, like I might be in church and it says Green Bay Packer injury. Ding. Oh, I better go there and see what that is. He just got through preaching and i have no idea now what he said yep. so i think we need to get control of these things somehow in our lives and understand that um things that are that can be used for good can also be used for bad uh, uh, somebody who's gifted at something when you start trusting your giftedness your giftedness becomes bad yeah so uh, phones computers access to information how do you know let me ask you this since you're another generation who is electronic. How do you know what's true and not true when you look it up? I don't know if we've learned to, to figure that out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, at, we, sometimes they teach it in schools, but, uh, you know, we, we have these arbitrary ways to figure out if something's not true. Like, Oh, if it's on Wikipedia, it must not be true or whatever. But, but I think we still, fortunately we still have, um, uh, we're still drawn to, um, what is it, print sources, um, you know, things that were written uh, not not strictly on the Internet, not some random website you found, not a blog, but things that were written by a scholar and right on there. You know, you trust stuff like that. You don't you don't immediately trust. And maybe that's just me. Maybe they're you know, maybe I'm not the best person to ask about it. But well, it is because you're normal. So it's like, how do you figure out if you're looking up something? How do you? How do you even know? Because if you were to come to me and I would ask you where you learned it and you said the internet, I would actually chuckle. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, so that's the exhaustive place to go look at it. But then again, if I'm not knowing how to do something, I go, I pull up a YouTube video. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, again, 67 years old and I'm pulling up a YouTube video to try and figure out how to do something. So it's not that I don't find it handy. But a YouTube to me is more of like, how do you hit a nail without hitting your thumb? You know, okay, let's pull a YouTube video up for that. I, th I think I can tell whether it's legit or not, you know, by seeing what they're doing. How do you bake a loaf of bread? I mean, that's to my extent of how I use it. I, I don't really use it for, I, I don't want to use the internet to try and find out scientific truth. Right. And I think, and I think then the generations below you often use it for entertainment. So it's, I, I think, I think, yeah, you'd be right that um, 
uh, or, or we can we can at least breathe a sigh of relief that um, a lot of us don't um, assume at the this instinct is still if it's on the internet it's to be taken with a grain of salt um, you know it's a so do you separate um, fantasy and reality when you're looking at stuff for example I, I, I talk to people and, and it, they might go watch a movie or whatever else it might be and in the movie there's some really bad things that go on and I say well how could you watch it and they always tell me well it's not real and I'm sitting there thinking yeah but you're you, did you ever watch these things they look real yeah yeah but Dave they're not real they're just actors and I'm thinking is that a good reason to watch murder sexual scenes whatever else it might be because they're actors like, what does that do to your brain it looks real um, in our class, when you were in it, we talked about uh, propaganda and the idea of, of how it, it, those who are in marketing and propaganda, th their goal is to get you to buy something or believe something so that you can, you know, it's not necessarily to be wholesome right? and say, oh, I'm in the world of propagandizing, a word I just made up, wholesomeness. So I'm just going to have all these ads to help people like love God more than they do today to honor their spouse, their husband or their wife. You know, for me, it would be a wife. And I, I'm going to just put ads out there for that. There's, there's no payback for that. Mm -hmm. the, the Bible does. The Bible tells us, here's how you're made and that kind of thing. So I think I'm in that world where I'm trying to convince people there's a way that you should live. But if I'm, if I'm living in your generation with all the entertainment that's out there, uh, I mean, did you, uh, I mean, when you grew up, did you have cable television? Did you have what? Oh, it was mostly satellite. I think we had cable for a while, but okay. I don't have much experience with that. But definitely um, my first exposure, um, when I when I first started, like, really watching TV, it was, uh, what do they call it? Not on demand. It's uh, streaming services. Streaming. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have we have a streaming service because of the fact that it gives us the local channels. And I want to watch the news. And if I have my antenna up, I can't, you know, it's not, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And so there's a, a certain streaming service that we were able to get that gives us the local channels from Green Bay here. So I could do that, which, which I do enjoy. But then I went through and I saw how many channels were on there. And I thought, what in the world? How could anybody need this many channels? I, I mean... And this is just one service. And, and there I forget how many channels there are. But then if, if you don't find something you like, you just go up to the little magnifying glass and type it in, and it's there somewhere. Yeah. I'm thinking, this must have billions of availabilities. Our people can sit and watch somebody else's life and not have a life of their own. Yep. And I think that's a huge problem that has to be corrected. There's no way somebody should sit and, and watch somebody else's life while they don't have a life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot of what YouTube is. Um, vloggers, it's it's a very popular thing right now. Uh, gaming YouTubers, uh, you know, these people who they basically just record themselves doing things and people eat it up, you know. You know, I've never thought I was that important that I need to... to uh, record myself changing the oil on my car. I, I just never thought 
that I would ever do well, that. Well, at least changing the oil on your car, you can teach some lessons, you know, people yep. who don't know how to do it. But everybody knows, um, you know, how to live a life. Well, yep. maybe they don't. But every, but nobody needs to see somebody else just uh, going about their everyday tasks. You know, that's that's what these vloggers do. And Well, here's an, another observation I've had between generations a little bit. You know, it, you've heard me teach. I, I usually come up with some example of something that's happened to me or something I'm doing in life or something relational with my family or my current family or something here at camp. Uh, usually I did something somewhere to learn something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be, you know, taking care of horses here at camp or doing dishes or plunging toilets or whatever it might be. I did something. And, and after several years of working with young people in the Nicolay Bible Institute, I'd be asking them for examples of life and they'd always throw a movie at me. You know, it's like, well, you can learn, you know, like in this movie or this television program. And I sit there and think, do you know that that's all pretend? (laughs) Do you have anything in real life that demonstrates what you're talking about? And and it always, they always looked at me like I was goofy. No, I'm talking about real life here. I mean, have you ever done anything in real life that gives you experiences that you can speak to others about where you've learned something, gone through some adversity or, you know, well, yeah, once my uh, cable TV didn't work for a week, you know, it's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about, we used to go out, uh, my dad, when I was younger, um, he told my brother and I, you know, I don't want you, he put a limit even back then on how much TV and he goes, I want you to go create things to do outside. Now that didn't always end well, you know, but (laughs) because we were two boys, but but, boy, we were creative. Even up here at camp, I tell people all the stuff we did. When we were here as kids, we didn't have radios. We didn't have television. So we were here all summer with no electronics. Any free time was like we'd look at each other and go, what should we do? Because we can either sit here on our bunk in our room and read, or we can go out and do something. You know, we used to create rodeos when I used to take care of the horses, like, what could we do to make a rodeo of our own? And we go out there and do rodeo stuff. And before you know it, we'd spend hours howling and laughing and looking at each other, getting thrown off these horses. And we had a ball uh, doing that stuff. Now, would I do that today? It's so different today. We protect everybody so. Yeah. They can't go out and make a mistake or do things. And if they do, we get sued or something because we didn't think about how the danger would be there. Well, man, most of my young life was full of really fun experiences of stuff we did. And probably today nobody's doing because you need to have helmets. I, I, you know, I grew up when you played hockey, you didn't wear a helmet. You didn't wear mouth guards. Oh. Yeah, I know. But we didn't. You, you never would see anyone with a helmet on a bike. They weren't invented, I don't think. So when you look at life, it's totally different. Now I look and I think, look at all the guards we, the, the guardrails we have in place for everybody. Is anybody learning anything? Are we protecting people so much now that there's no way for them to learn and really develop into strong personalities? And I think we'll have to talk about that more on our next segment. But bottom line really is there, there's a huge difference in our generations However, I think we both want the same thing. I think we both want to have a strong relationship with God, strong relationship with each other. And Satan really hasn't changed. He's still the father of lies. He just lied in my generation a little different, using different tools than in your generation. 
And um, we'll talk about that more in our next segment. So I invite you to come and join us at Younger Older uh, here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now. <music>